Welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach nationwide. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. No matter if you reside in a 4,500-square-foot home, Home or 350. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, celebrating every little win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. My husband and I enjoy a good beer. Living in Portland, Oregon and all, that's sort of the price of admission. You like good beer? You're welcome here. I joke, of course. But when we travel, we enjoy scouting out the breweries we buy from to see them in person. On one such occasion at Worthy Brewing in Bend, Oregon, we happened upon the most fabulous insect house that I have ever laid eyes on. It was created by Worthy Garden Club, so of course I had to look them up and learn more. As a result, in this episode, let's discuss supporting our environment from our backyard through insect hotels. As city and town lines expand, we lose precious habitat not only for our native plants, but also for the critters and insects that called these habitats their home. Building an insect hotel is a great way to give our native insects and animals the food and shelter they need to survive. It provides habitat for sensitive species that would otherwise quite literally be left in the cold. It increases the biodiversity of your yard by attracting a wide range of creatures like lady beetles and praying mantis that help control harmful garden pests. Insect hotels attract all kinds of living organisms, contributing to a diverse, healthy garden community. Plus, it's a fun project for children and us adult nerds. The Worthy Garden Club is located on-site at Worthy Brewing and operates with two arms, one on the ground and one in the sky. The Worthy Garden Club's greenhouse and hop yard serve as a base for all garden activities, discussing everything from growing hops to beekeeping, composting, and native landscaping. The Worthy Garden Club's Hopservatory helps to raise science literacy through tours, educational programs, lectures, and night sky and solar viewings. Together, both arms highlight sustainable practices that help conserve our planet's resources. The club is composed of business owners, entrepreneurs, energy specialists, agriculturists, scientists, and astronomers, all working together to teach communities to respect and protect our planet by showcasing the wonders of the planet while emphasizing the need to protect our home. 
Upon further examination, I realized that they provide a PDF of how to build the very bug hotel that I saw, so I wanted to share it with you. I'm also going to share much of their information verbatim because I love their mission and the information is so well written. I want to personally build one of these hotels myself. As always, I will cite credits and links in the podcast notes. While many people assume a healthy yard means a perfect-looking yard, that's just not true. Yeah, remember, there's no such thing as perfect. In natural ecosystems, predator-prey relationships are essential to maintaining an interspecies balance, and your own yard should too. Accepting the fact that there will always be bugs is the first step toward letting go of our pursuit of perfection and reliance on pesticides. Gardening and enjoying your yard is not an exercise in complete control because time and time again, nature proves she cannot be controlled. Early frosts will kill your tomatoes, the cabbage butterfly will eat your kale, and slugs will eat your hostas. They did mine. It's just nature, but learning to work with nature instead of against it can give you the skills to overcome these challenges and create a healthy environment for you and your resident arthropods. Part of that can be inviting insects by providing them a shelter, and the best time to make an insect home is in early autumn so that the critters have somewhere to hibernate for the winter. Although if you happen to be listening to this episode at a different time of year, there is no bad time to add an insect hotel to your yard because they'll get used as the seasons pass by. Bees lie at the heart of our human survival. They pollinate one in three bites of food we eat and are essential to the health and prosperity of countless ecosystems. According to the Center for Biological Diversity, more than half of North America's 4,000 native bee species are in decline, with one in four species at risk of extinction. Becoming part of the solution can also be, you guessed it, to provide shelter for them. Pollinators bump up food production rates and increase genetic diversity, while predators and parasites destroy the bad bugs through consumption and larval hosting. To create an environment that fosters healthy populations of all three, simply mimic patterns you see in the wild. Plant a diversity of trees, shrubs, and perennials in your yard for year-round nesting areas and protection from severe weather. Use natives whenever possible and plant in large swaths to increase foraging efficiency. Make sure you always have multiple species blooming at all times throughout the growing season, paying particular attention to those early spring and late fall bloomers. And don't be afraid to sprinkle in some choice annuals for extra foraging potential. Beneficials often rely on nectar when pest populations run low, and the more food available in the immediate area, the longer they'll patrol your garden. They also need consistent, shallow, clean water sources. Shallow is the key word here. Many of these insects are smaller than your fingernail, some nearly invisible to the naked eye, so they can easily drown in a few inches of water. 
Spread pea gravel along the bottom of a birdbath or small vessel and place it in a warm, sunny spot for bees, butterflies, and other tiny bugs. Although leaf litter is good for some bugs, it can also become a fire hazard if it's near the structure of your home. So I caution you on that one. It's very important to use pesticides only when completely necessary, if at all. Not only do they kill the good bugs as well as the bad, but they also throw delicate ecosystems out of balance after just one application. Pests usually bounce back faster than beneficials because of their high reproduction rates, so while you may get immediate relief from those pesky aphids, they'll come back with a vengeance, leaving you stuck in a vicious cycle of repeated pesticide applications. Be sure to check out the Worthy Garden Club's Pinterest boards. There are a lot of alternative homemade pesticides out there, and they've pinned them onto the Garden Club's General Gardening Tips board. I'll link it in the podcast notes. If you commit 5 to 10% of your yard or garden to beneficial habitat, you'll go far in the fight against pests, saving you time, money, and peace of mind. And learn to tolerate minor pest infestations as it only means more food for the good guys. Most garden centers sell lady beetles and praying mantises in easy-release containers all summer long. It's another great kid-friendly activity, and we've done it each year for three years in a row. Get your grandmother involved. It's fun for everyone. The insect hotel, whether you buy it or make it, can only support as much as the surrounding environment supplies. So make sure to site near nectar-rich native wildflowers, berry shrubs, and water sources. Certain insects, like solitary bees, need sun and warmth to survive, while others enjoy cooler and wet conditions. Site your hotel in a spot that gets both sun and shade, as well as protection from chilly winter winds. The insect hotel that I was adoring is located on a west-facing wall amidst a new pollinator garden just behind an herb and edible flower bed. There's plenty of food for the bees, and having the hotel close by supports a community of beneficial insects to help control their garden pests. It is, of course, possible that some undesirable bugs may take up residence too, but remember, you need a small population of bad guys as fodder for the good ones. Nature usually does a good job of maintaining equilibrium as long as you stick with natural selective herbicides and pesticides. To create mini habitats within the hotel, scavenge your garden for natural materials. Holes drilled into wood blocks and hollow bamboo poles or plant stems support solitary bee populations. Include different diameters for different species. Stones, bricks, roof tiles, and PVC tubes make handy houses for amphibians and arachnids. Stones and tiles placed in the frost-free center to create a toad hole for overwintering amphibians. Hay, straw, and sticks provide habitat for a wide range of invertebrates, including lady beetles. 
Let's talk a bit more about bees for a quick second. Some of the most common solitary bees are mason bees, leafcutter bees, and minor bees. Many of these native bees are already part of the local ecosystem, but providing them with a great place to nest in your backyard can improve their lives and yours. Bee houses consist of a wooden birdhouse-like structure containing native bee nesting material typically hollow reeds or cardboard tubes. They are the ideal habitat for solitary, hole-nesting bees who also happen to be some of the best pollinators around. If you have an interest in hosting pollinators without an interest in making the house, visit crownbees.com out of Woodenville, Washington. They offer bee houses for sale. The honeybeeconservancy.org is a public charity established in 2009 in response to the bee crisis. They engage in education, outreach, support, research, and build bee habitats. They have an annual Sponsor a Hive program that provides free bees, bee homes, equipment, and support to local organizations that provide locally grown food to schools, soup kitchens, senior citizen centers, and more. They partner with organizations who are taking the lead in addressing food insecurity, sustainability, and bee conservation. 29% of the population in Erie, Pennsylvania lives below the poverty line. To cope, Erie planted 15 community gardens within the last five years, but none had a bee house. The Honey Bee Conservancy donated bees to the Gannon Goodwill Teaching Garden at Gannon University. This introduced beekeeping as a key resource for local food production. The result? Gannon has educated residents about bees and donated nearly 2,000 pounds of fresh, healthy food to people in need. To read about other wonderful stories like this, visit the link I'll include in the podcast notes and to donate and make their work possible, make a tax-deductible contribution to the Honey Bee Conservancy and help them curb the rapid decline of bee populations and, all the while, bolster local communities and ecosystems. To create a bee-friendly home, plant nectar-rich plants, providing food for honeybees and solitary bees. Surround your hotel with herbs, native flowers, and berry shrubs. Rolled cardboard inside a waterproof container like a soda bottle is great for lacewing nesting. Bare dirt and upside-down plant pots lightly stuffed with garden debris are perfect nesting sites for bumblebees. Chunks of dead wood and bark sustain centipedes, wood lice, beetle larvae, and fungi. Pallets make great building blocks for the structure of the hotel. They're freely accessible from most local businesses, and bonus, you can feel great about upcycling one of these. Just make sure they're marked H for heat treated as opposed to PT which stands for pressure treated. You can also use logs, cinder blocks, and custom-built wooden structures as long as they haven't come into contact with chemicals. 
The most overlooked part of having an insect hotel is maintenance. Bee hotels should be inspected at the end of summer to remove and clean dead cells, preventing mold and mites that would multiply on the dead bees or larvae. Some experts recommend bringing occupied insect hotels into cool, dry areas such as your garage or garden sheds during the winter to protect the overwintering inhabitants from wind and rain. Without timely maintenance and cleanup, a once-occupied insect hotel may not attract another round of inhabitants next season. As always, I'd like to pause for a quick second to remind you to notice your self-talk. What are you telling yourself about today? Is it positive? Pick a mantra that resonates with you. Ultimately, the only thing you can control is your attitude in any given situation. And now for the questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Question number one. What have I personally done to be a part of the environmental solution instead of being a part of the problem? If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 11 on 10 impactful steps I can take in my home to help global warming, please have a listen. The radical extreme weather, wildfires, and glacial melt are all needing the attention from every one of us to do our part. Supporting our pollinators, making changes in our own daily habits, and helping to spread the very real word that time is of the essence. Just changing your eating to incorporate more plant-based foods and less meat is a step in the right direction, but it needs to be a conscious ongoing effort by every single one of us. Question number two, do I want to start with a small hotel so I'll follow through and maintain it? Like for example, making or buying a solitary bee house. Bee houses attract native solitary bee species, and unlike honeybees, solitary bees are docile. Knowing yourself and your level of follow-through can be helpful here. Question number three. How can I do my part in spreading the word? Could I get support from one of these nonprofits listed and spearhead a neighborhood pollinator house build where everyone can build their own small house for their yard? Could I do a classroom build to coincide with a classroom garden effort? Maybe your jam is cooking. Could you create an online cooking class for people who want to learn more about vegetarian dishes but have no idea where to start? Maybe your jam is to get people to stop buying plastic water bottles. A water filter saves time, money, and helps reduce the amount of single-use plastic that ends up in our landfills. If none of this resonates with you so far, you can donate or volunteer to a cause like Operation Appleseed. Behind their work is a deep concern about climate change and wildfire risk and a deep love for healthy forests so that we have a planet for our future generations. Learn more about them at operationappleseed.com. Whatever it is, pick a way you can make a difference. 
baby steps can be made both in your own habits and help with the grassroots effort of spreading the word. We don't get a second chance. We have been warned for years, decades even, of what our own actions and choices do to our environment. Our very own complacency can be a real issue. So until we each do our own little part, we can't make the strides necessary. Question number four, could I buy birthday and Christmas gifts this year that are supportive of the environment? I know that can be hard, but if you shop from earthhero.com, they have sourced products that are manufactured and shipped in a way that protects our planet's future. Each brand they've partnered with has been chosen because they're taking the right steps and helping to create a more sustainable future. Too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought about tomorrow. Our landfills are growing while our resources are disappearing and it's just not sustainable. The future of our planet depends on the actions we take today, but the truth is it's not that easy to make every shopping decision a mindful one. From clothing and accessories to home decor and toys, you can buy your gifts through earthhero.com so you don't have to do the work of figuring out what companies are doing the right thing for our planet. They've done the work already. Each fall, it's a good idea to check the batteries on your carbon monoxide detectors and smoke alarms. A smoke alarm can save lives in a household fire, and carbon monoxide detector can save lives if a home has oil or gas burning appliances like a furnace or water heater. Not so fun fact, my own childhood home had a carbon monoxide leak, and in the second grade, I was getting sicker and sicker when we were at home, but my symptoms would dissipate when we went to my grandparents' farm. It's an invisible, odorless byproduct of burning oil or natural gas, and it can be deadly. We were lucky to have caught it before any of us died. For just a few dollars, a carbon monoxide detector will sound an alarm if the levels get too high. Here in Portland, they must be located within each bedroom or within 15 feet outside of each bedroom door. Bedrooms on second floors in a structure containing two or more stories require separate carbon monoxide alarms. This time of year is also ideal to have your wood-burning fireplace inspected, cleaned, and repaired to prevent chimney fires and carbon monoxide poisoning. If you happen to know someone in the market to buy or sell in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, kindly send them my way. The finest compliment I could ever receive is the confidence of your referral. Episode four is all about fall in our homes, blankets, automation and efficiency of your heating and cooling, and Halloween. Tis the season for pumpkin spice and episode four. A podcast with a slew of reviews is like a club everyone wants to get into. And so if you've been listening to these podcasts, do me a favor and write a little something honest. There are a zillion podcasts out there and reviews are the thing that helps people to decide whether to give this podcast a listen or not. 
Refer to the podcast notes for the link to the Worthy Garden Club's PDF that lays out exactly how to build your hotel and gives you accompanying photos. You'll also find links to donate to the Honeybee Conservancy, the Worthy Garden Club, or Operation Appleseed. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about helping the environment that we call home. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. 